welcome to the Views from the Shot podcast. I am your host, your one and only host, Tim Miller. And on today's show, February 20th, 2023, happy President's Day, by the way. I hope you've got the day off to remember all the presidents of these United States. If you're not located in the U.S., then happy Monday. Maybe more importantly, I wouldn't say that, but maybe someone else may say happy Hootie Hoo Day. On today's show, we're going to recap the game that was Ohio State losing to one of the best teams in the nation at Purdue on Sunday. I'll give my takeaways and some thoughts on the Ohio State big man situation. I'll also give some thoughts on other people's thoughts. Chris Holtman specifically, Eugene Brown as well after the loss in the postgame presser. And then we'll travel back in time. We'll hop in our time machine and look at our keys from the Purdue preview episode. I gave two major keys. I said, if Ohio State can accomplish these two things and everything else goes wrong, they will still win. We'll see, first of all, what were they? Second of all, did Ohio State do it? And third, did it matter? All that and maybe some more here on today's episode of Views from the Shot. Again, you can find us on Twitter at the Shot Pod. Please go follow us there. Maybe even turn on notifications if you're not opposed. And of course, subscribe, follow this show on your preferred podcast listening platform as well. That really helps out the show, helps out me, keeps the lights on. We got bills to pay here. It's not free. It's not free. So appreciate the help there. Let's get into it, shall we? Your Ohio State Buckeyes and mine fall to Purdue 82-55. to And Ohio State is now 11-16 on the season, 3-13 in the Big Ten Conference. They have now tied Minnesota in the Big Ten losses category, although at this point they have two more wins in the Big Ten. Ohio State has lost eight games in a row, and they have lost 13 of 14. What went wrong in this one? Well, I could make this a three-minute show and say, well, Ohio State played Purdue. And when you've lost seven in a row and 12 of your last 13, going up against Purdue, one of the best teams in the nation with one of the best players, maybe. I've got a hot take on Zach Eady. But you're going up against one of the best teams, one of the best coaches, probably shouldn't have high expectations. If you had high expectations, you were sorely disappointed. But that was not me. Far be it from me to have high expectations for Ohio State going into Mackey Arena against Purdue in late February when they're one of the best teams in the nation. Far be it from me. Buckeyes lose 82-55. Bryce Sensenbaugh, he must uh, listen to the show. Last week when I recapped Ohio State's last loss, Bryce Sensball has not been playing well recently. Today, he cleaned up his act a little bit. 20 points today for Ohio State. He goes 8 of 16 from the field, 3 of 6 from deep, 5 boards. An efficient game from Sensenbaugh. 
Turnover numbers, that's been a bugaboo for him as of recent, at least. Only gave the ball away one times. One times. One time. Only gave the ball away one time in this one. So nice job out of Bryce Enzimbaugh. You go through the rest of the box score, and you're probably not going to be all that impressed. The only other player for Ohio State in double figures in scoring this one was Sean McNeil, who barely got there. He had 10 points. He missed all shots from deep, but he was on fire to start this game. He looked really, really good just getting shots up from the free throw line, picking it up, the dribble, throwing up some shots, and just nothing but net every time. It was beautiful to watch. Being unable to consistently make the three, that hurts. But Sean McNeil, as I was watching this game, and I said it in the last one, if you're going to get a hot hand, feed it. Feed Sean McNeil if he's hot. Chris Holtman said, you know what, Tim? I hear your message loud and clear, and I will now do that. So thank you, Chris Holtman, for that. However, I will say, and I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing, but if you're a fan of The Office, the U.S. version, of course, if you're a fan of The Office, kind of later in the show, season six, seven, where I believe, yeah, they're they're making New Year's resolutions, and Michael makes his New Year's resolution, Dwight, of course, makes his Kevin's New Year's resolution is eating vegetables. He wants to finally eat vegetables. And Michael is upset with Holly because Holly said she's going to give her boyfriend an ultimatum and that by New Year's Day, if they're not engaged, they're done. Well, they come back from their little break. Holly comes into the office wearing a glove takes a glove off, and there's no ring, and Michael's excited, and he's partying, but then, of course, he finds out that Holly had done nothing. Nothing happened. The day came and went. Nothing happened, so Michael's upset. He says, we need to stick to our New Year's resolutions, and then he follows that up with shoving a head of broccoli into Kevin's mouth and force-feeding him the broccoli. In this scenario, I want you to picture Sean McNeil as Kevin, and I want you to picture Chris Holtman as Michael. I don't know who Holly is in this analogy. Maybe I'm Holly. Maybe you're Holly. Sean McNeil just being fed the ball to the point where he's probably like, oh my gosh, like I'm getting sick of touching the ball every possession. He probably wasn't sick of it, by the way. And it's something that I advocated for in the last game, and Ohio State did it. Every single possession, McNeil was hot. They were giving him the ball on a on a dribble handoff or on a ball screen. They got him the ball. McNeil tried to go to work. Purdue, just like any other team in the Big Ten, not allowing him to shoot the three, but takes a couple dribbles and just rises up. Pulls up, shoots a deep two. A lot of them went in. So not a horrible game for Sean McNeil, but I was really, really proud of my analogy there, so I had to share it. Buckeyes, of course, also had no Zed Key in this one. I'll give an extended conversation on the big man situation later on. Zach Eady for Purdue. 26 and 11, another double-double for 
the Toronto, Canada native. He shoots 11 of 20. He also blocks three shots and gets fouled approximately 19 times. That could be accurate. I don't think it is, but it seemed like he got fouled a lot. Other player in double-digit scoring for Purdue, Trey Coffin-Wren. If you had that on your your bet slip for yesterday's game, then it hit. And you probably won a lot of money. 11 points for Trey, Kaufman, Wren. Other big names for Purdue. We talked about their freshman point guards, Braden Smith, Fletcher Lawyer. Braden Smith only had four points. And Fletcher Lawyer had six points, four assists on not the greatest days shooting. Purdue a little shorthanded in this one with Ethan Morton getting the start. But all in all, huge performance from Zach Eady, and that's pretty much it. A lot of other players helping out in this one. Let's recap the game very, very briefly here with a few thoughts. Ohio State comes out, guns a-blazing. Not only do they start for freshmen, but they say, let's start the game with some full-court pressure and continue the game with some full-court pressure. And it worked. It forced some turnovers, which I don't think was Ohio State's goal, but they forced some turnovers with the full-court pressure. And from there, Purdue kind of figured it out. They slowed down Purdue's offense, did Ohio State, and I think that's a good thing. The full-court press to start the game allowed Ohio State to go up 8-2. to two. And at that point, my jaw is at least dropping. Like, oh my goodness. Ohio State getting out to a hot start? I don't recognize this team. Well, then I recognize Ohio State. Purdue went on a 12-2 run, and then they would never trail after that. Ohio State would take the lead away and tie it. I think at one point after that, Purdue would get the lead, and it was all over from there. Buckeyes would keep it close for a bit, but another Purdue run, this one 10-2, Gives the Boilermakers a double-digit lead. Ohio State cannot take advantage of Zach Eady leaving the game in the first half for a few minutes. Zach Eady plays a lot, by the way. He really doesn't get subbed out that much. Ohio State couldn't take advantage. And in that first half as well, without Zed Key, Felix Akpara gets a start. He gets in foul trouble early. That leads to Eugene Brown coming in and trying to guard Zach Eady, who's 6'7", that didn't work either. And then Owen Spencer, a player who, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably are familiar with the name. A lot of Buckeye fans were not. Again, I'll give my take on the big men here in a second. But Purdue, in the second half, they're up by 19 at this point. Ohio State just trying to get back in it. Zach Eady gets subbed out. I think to myself... Man, without Zach Eady, if Ohio State can just cut this lead down to 12 or 13, if they can go on just a mini run here, a 10-3 to run, maybe Ohio State has a shot to where when Zach Eady comes back in, Buckeyes get some momentum, they make another shot or two, you get this down into single digits, and you've got some meaningful basketball to play down the stretch. 
Zach Eady would not return to the game. So that should show you how the game ended. I took a note. I said, man, I wonder where this game is going to be when Zach Eady comes back in. And they even said it on the broadcast. They said Matt Painter would love to sit Zach Eady. Don't think they will, but they'd love to sit him. He got the chance to sit him, and he did. Purdue just continued to extend its lead. They won the rebounding battle in this one, 44-21 for those scoring at home. That's a plus 23 on the rebounding battle. Ohio State also fouled Purdue 21 times. Purdue only had 14 fouls. So, in just about every respect of this game, the score indicative of how it went. Ohio State blown out 82-55. to Now, we had an interesting piece of basketball here in the game, however. And that comes with those centers, postmen, big men, however you want to name them and label them. Without Zed Key, you wonder, what does Ohio State do? And another thing I said, I should really start clipping some of these takes so that when they happen, I look really, really good. Because this is another situation where I said, hey, Chris Holman, you should do this. And then he did it. I'm not saying that I'm going to be hired on as a special assistant to the head coach at Ohio State tomorrow. But I'm just saying if it does happen, you shouldn't be surprised. Not only did I say, hey, let's bench Zed Key. Let's not play him. I also talked about Eugene Brown. That's not working. Playing small ball. So we bench Zed Key, and that's great. He doesn't play. Want to heal up that shoulder? I don't know what the timetable is to return. I suggested just bench him until the Big Ten tournament and try to win two games so that we can end the season on a somewhat high note and see some improvement where we've seen a team basically get worse and regress all year. Anyways, Zed Key does not play. Felix Hakpar gets to start. Ohio State started four freshmen in this game, by the way. There are some fans saying, oh, man. We're going to lose out on all these talented freshmen next year because they're all going to transfer away because we suck. It's not how it works. We're calling for freshmen to get more playing time. Again, not how it works. But at least today, you got your wish. Irrational Buckeye fan. 2719, I believe, is the Twitter handle. So Felix Akpara gets in foul trouble early. He's he's getting way too handsy with Zach Eady. Just shoves him at one point. The Purdue fans... Eating it up, by the way. What a fantastic, just a spectacular environment there in the Mackey Arena in West Lafayette, Indiana on a random Sunday afternoon in February. You love to see that just for college basketball. They were eating everything up. They were highly anticipating every call. It was cool to watch. If you're a Purdue fan, I'm sure. So Akpara gets in a, in, in a foul trouble. Then Eugene Brown. Standing at 6'7", which is incredible because not to reveal my height, Eugene Brown has about a foot on me, and I'm about to call him short. That's what we do on this show, apparently. Eugene Brown standing at 6'7", not the thickest of men there for Ohio State, and he tries to guard Zach Eady. Again, last show, I said, please don't. And then today, you know what happened? It didn't work. Chris Holtman should have listened to the entire show so that he could have gotten that take from me. 
So Eugene Brown then subbed out. It's not working. Then Owen Spencer comes in, who again, first of all, wasn't even on scholarship to start the year. Thanks, Seth Towns, for leaving the team so that Owen Spencer could grab a scholarship. Wasn't even on scholarship. I got excited when he came in because I've been like, man, I understand he's a walk-on, but can we not get some playing time out of him? Is it really that bad? Like, is is he that bad to where Eugene Brown has to be essentially our third string center? Would love to see Owen Spencer play. I got what I wanted, and then I wanted it to stop. Spencer picks up a couple of fouls, and just, he didn't necessarily play horribly, I don't think, but he played how you would expect to walk on a play. Not a huge impact. It did not go well. He he picks up four fouls in the first half. That was something that I found to be just highly irresponsible from Chris Holtman. You're already so thin at center. So, if you lose Owen Spencer for the game, walk on or not, that's a body that you can put in at center. So now, if Felix Akpara gets into more foul trouble, or... If Eugene Brown gets into foul trouble or there's an injury, you're down to pretty much one true center. Or if Akpara is gone, you now have no true centers. So I, for one, at least wasn't pleased with the player personnel management from Chris Holtman in terms of the big men. You know what I would do, by the way, with Zach Eady? I'm going to go off on a tangent here. But before I do that, what I would do with Zach Eady is I would put... Whoever is guarding him, Zed Key or Felix Akpara or Eugene Brown or Owen Spencer or a Woolly Mammoth or Bigfoot, doesn't matter. Pick him up, not even in the half court, three quarters court, or would it be one fourth court, whatever. Before the half court line, just go pick him up. I know it's going to take a lot more effort and a lot more work, but... If you're Felix Akpara, just run with him, tug on his jersey a little bit, get him a little upset, and pick him up to slow him down. I know the Buckeyes were doing that full court press. That's fine. That wasn't really the issue. The issue was that even if you do press, now Purdue has 19 seconds to get into a set rather than 26. At the end of the day, when you've got 30 seconds, it's not a huge deal. What would be better? Just go push Zach Eady off the floor or do your best to do so without fouling. I know that's a uh, not a given with this Ohio State defense. But, man, pick him up right when the bucket is, is made. Zach Eady, typically, when, when Ohio State makes a shot, he's going to be right under the bucket or close to there. He's not going to be at the half-court line by the time the ball goes in like guards are. So just go pick him up. And put your hands up and try to get in his face. Frustrate him a little bit. By the way, Zach Eady, in my opinion, I talked him up before this game. I've seen him play a lot this year. Is he a good player? Sure. But I tell you what, for 7-4-3 Bills, a mammoth, a mountain of a man. Not the most skilled. I mean, even Eugene Brown at 6-7. Did frustrate Zach Eady a little bit with his shots. He missed some shots in this one. Not the most skilled postman 
Not the most skilled scorer, but when you're 7-4-3-0-5, you're probably going to score a lot and rebound a lot. Good player, very, very hard to defend, but if you defend against him well, he will miss some shots. Please don't slander me. If Purdue ever gets a hold of this, I'm done. Last thing I'll say on the big men. Go get a big man in the transfer portal. I know Ohio State's recruiting class coming in is very solid. I know that they've got a potential seven-footer coming in. Don't care. Go get someone else. I am so tired. I got to chill. Last five years, when has Ohio State had a true big man who has been big enough, strong enough, and skilled enough to play at this level? Ohio State, in every game this year, has had the smaller center. It's hurt them many times, including against Purdue. Go get a big man from the transfer portal. I don't care where from. I don't really care if he's all that good. If he's seven foot and 250, I'll take him. Just go get someone who is actually big and can guard. Zach Eady, I don't know if he'll go to the NBA next year. As a junior, he's got another year he can play. But you're going to have to continue to guard players like Zach Eady and Hunter Dickinson year in and year out. You might as well adjust at some point, Chris Holtman. Okay. Moving on to a new section of my show notes before I talk more about the big men. Some quotes. I'm going to start with a quote from Eugene Brown in this one. One thing I do, a reason why I don't release an episode right after a game is because I like to scour the internet for what Buckeye players are saying after games and even sometimes what the opponents are saying. So that's what I did for this one. From Eugene Brown, quote, I definitely feel like we played hard enough, coach, with emphasizing we just need to play the right way, just continue to do what we do and results will come. I think today is probably the best we played in a while, even though we didn't get the result we wanted. End quote from Eugene Brown. What are my thoughts here? What are your thoughts here? As you hear that quote, if you can be rational just for a second, I know that's hard for for Buckeye Nation to do, but just be rational here for a second. Put on your rational hat and take off your Brutus the Buckeye head or whatever it may be that you are donning on this Monday or whenever you're listening to this. Definitely feels like we played hard enough. That's fine. Okay. Coach was emphasizing the need to play the right way, continue to do what we do, and results will come. Well, I hate to be the guy that gets upset over post-game thoughts, but just continuing to do what you do clearly is not going to lead to wins. It's just a thought. If you remember when we started this show, I mentioned Ohio State has lost eight games in a row, in 13 of their last 14. Continuing to do what you do will not lead to the result you want. So Chris Holman preaching that, I understand why he will, but maybe you say, hey guys, we should be taking a different approach than we have been in this calendar year. We should try to change things up, yada, 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 and maybe that leads to a win. Maybe it doesn't, but I don't love the message of, hey, Let's just keep doing what we've been doing. Probably not what we want to see. I understand it's a vote of confidence, whatever. Moving on. Chris Holtman said, the guys played hard. 
and had some really good moments. Really good moments. Played hard. Was that on your Chris Holtman post-game press conference bingo card? I hope so. I got mine. Feel like we played hard enough. Had some really good moments. If that's not Chris Holtman after every single game, I don't know what is. Also on your bingo card, which Chris Holtman said, hey, give Purdue credit. Give opponent name credit. Always. You'll always hear that from Chris Holtman. I know that's coach speak. I just think it's funny. I'm not shaming Chris Holtman for saying what he did. I get it. The other thing that he said is he felt like Ohio State followed their game plan really well today. If that's following the game plan well, I don't want to know what following the game plan very unwell would be. Maybe you scrap the game plan altogether. I don't know. Following the game plan well and losing 82-55, to maybe not what we want. Following the game plan well, leading to a 27-point loss. Not sure I like that. Sorry. It's just, it, you, you got to have fun with it at this point, I suppose. If no one else is going to do it, I guess I will. All right. Last thing I'll chat about today in this show, keys to the game, which I gave before the Purdue game. I was so excited to give my two foolproof keys to the game. I said, no matter what happens, no matter what, if Ohio State can do these two things, I guarantee they will win. It was simple. I cracked the code. I looked at Purdue in their last four games. They'd lost three of four. In those three losses, there was something consistent. Well, there were two things that were consistent. And number one was don't let three players score double digits. Number two, don't give up a bunch of triples. How did Ohio State do? In that regard, their first one, don't let three players score in double digits. In the past three games, those three losses, I should say, in all of those games, two players scored double digits. Typically, it was barely that second player scoring in double digits. That would lead to a loss. And their one win over Iowa, a bunch of players scored in double figures. I think it was four, maybe five. In this one, I already talked about it. If you listen really closely, you should already have the answer. Zach Eady leads Purdue with 26 points. And then you have Trey Kaufman. Do you know the the end of his name at this point? Wren, 11 points in that one. The only two to score in double figures. A couple other players scored nine and eight. Then you've got some sevens and a six. But for the most part, Ohio State controlled Purdue. I give them a passing grade on this, but it's a moot point. It doesn't matter because for the final eight, seven, six minutes of this game, Purdue slowly rotating in their bench players, taking out their starters. So if the score were 82 to 75 final, I would have to assume that maybe Ethan Morton hits a three. Maybe Fletcher Lawyer hits a couple of shots. I don't know just a guess. So Ohio State does get technically a passing grade on that, although doesn't matter. Second point, don't let Purdue get hot from three. They shoot seven of 16 in this one. That's 44%. Seven three-pointers in a game, not a huge margin, but when you're playing Ohio State, it'll get the job done. Ohio State just does not take that many threes. 
44% is very, very good. Only seven threes, not a huge margin. I'll give Ohio State a failing grade on that one because I can't allow them to pass both of these tests or keys to the game when they still lose and they get walloped by 27. So, sorry, can't do it. I'll give them a failing grade on that one. They get a technical passing grade on not allowing three players or more to get in double-digit scoring. Ohio State losing to Purdue. It wasn't close, and at this point, we're just trying to have fun with it, I suppose. Not a close game in this one. The Buckeyes are off until Thursday. They will be welcoming those Penn State Nittany Lions into the Schottenstein Center, the Jerome Schottenstein Center. That will be Thursday evening, 6.30 p.m. Eastern. Tip-off. I will be there. It will be my last game, viewing the game from the shot. Therefore, you won't get live tweets from me or anything like that, so sorry if you love those. But maybe I'll drop a tweet or two here and there. show will come out Friday morning to recap the Penn State game, and then the Penn State preview will most likely come out on Wednesday. So be on the lookout for that. I appreciate you joining at this point, what's been a miserable season, we're in it together. Thank you for listening to the Views from the Shop podcast, and go Bucks. <laughs>